Welcome to the Victory Orlando podcast. We exist to reach people with the life-giving message of Jesus and to connect them with their purpose. To learn more about us, visit us at victoryorlando.com. Thanks for listening. We pray that you are encouraged and inspired by today's message. The title of the sermon today is God of the Impossible. Everybody say, God of the Impossible. How many have ever faced or are facing an impossible situation? What looks like to be impossible in your health, in your finance, in your home, on your job? Yeah, a few hands. Even when Steve, he did a great job in worship. Give it up for your worship team. Come on. Victor Orlando album coming out next year. It's powerful. Uh, But even as Steve was giving that exhortation, you know, yeah, many of you raised your hands that you're facing impossible situations. And so today I'm going to give you four keys to beat the impossible, four keys to beat the impossible. And my wife and I have been married five years and we have two Blasian babies. My wife is half Asian, so we say Blasian. So that is Amaya in the little pink backpack. Again, she'll be three next week and Mila Rose and they're Daddy loves his girls. And, man, I, I'm blessed. And so we got any Blasians in the room, any black and Asians? We're going to multiply. We got a, 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 a brother. My brother's Blasian. Look a little Caucasian, but you got a little Blasian in there. <laughs> he wanted to give me a shout. I appreciate showing the love, my man, showing the love. <laughs> but always give an honor to, to my wife. And so we're going to dive in. And so. I tell my wife and I read stories every night to our daughters. So I'm going to tell this from the BIV version. That is the black international version. It might not be in your translation, but it's in mine. But what, what does that mean? I'm going to add a little color commentary. I'm going to add some little charisma. Cause why the Bible is just a story. That's what it is. Reading the Bible. You need to change your perspective when you read it, because there's a story within it. And every story is life to change your situation around, is life to encourage what you're going through. So today I'm going to read a story from John chapter 11, and it'll be up on the screen, 1 through 44. No worries, I'm not going to read all 44 verses, but I'm going to add some color commentary. Uh, Verse number one, a man named Lazarus, everybody say Lazarus. A man named Lazarus was sick. He lived in Bethany with his sisters, Mary and Martha. This is Mary who later poured the expensive perfume on the Lord's feet and wiped them with her hair. Her brother Lazarus was sick. So the two sisters sent a message to Jesus telling him, Lord, your dear friend is very sick. But when Jesus heard about it, he said, Lazarus sickness will not end in death. No, it happened for the glory of God. So the son of God will receive glory from this. Skipping down to verse 17. When Jesus arrived at Bethany, he was told that Lazarus had already been in the grave for how many days? Four days. For how many days? Four days. Bethany was only a few miles down the road. So just imagine the sisters noticed that their brother is getting sick and the, probably the sickness looks like it will end in death. So they send a messenger, hurry up and go to Jesus. We heard that he's in the town just a few miles away. He'll get to us and he'll pray and he'll heal him and everything will be fine. Just hurry up. So they get to Jesus and Jesus is doing what he's doing. He's, he has a crusade and there's a lot of people and he's healing the sick and 
He just tells the messenger, no worries. And so, wait a second. So we, 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 we skip down here and it says, Bethany was only a few miles down the road from Jerusalem. And Lazarus had been dead for four days. Jesus, where were you? Where were you? You were just a few miles away. Couldn't you have come earlier? That's what Mary was saying. Couldn't you have been here sooner? He would have lived. How many of us have ever asked God, where, where are you, Jesus? Where are you? God, I'm alone in this situation. Where are you? I'm getting ready to lose my marriage. I'm getting ready to lose my job. I lost my job. I'm filing for bankruptcy. God, where are you? The doctor said this, this tumor, this cancer, this, this, this sickness, this stroke. God, where are you? My diabetes, the blood pressure. God, my children are far from you. Where are you? That's what I can just imagine. That's what they were saying. And so Martha said, Jesus, had you come only? Martha said, Jesus, Lord, had you only been here, my brother would not have died. But even now I know that God will give you whatever you ask. She still had faith in the midst of the storm. Jesus told her, your brother will rise again. Yes, Martha said, he will rise when everyone rises at the last day. Jesus told her, I am the resurrection and the life. Anyone who believes in me will live even after dying. Anyone who lives in me and believes in me will never, ever die. Do you believe this, Martha? She said, yes, Lord. She told him, I have always believed you are the Messiah, the son of God, the only one who has come into the world from God. So what's interesting here is she's having a conversation with God. And so she had faith for yesterday. Yeah, I know. Yes, Jesus, I believe she said that. And then she said, yeah, I believe that you're the resurrection and the life and that. Yeah, you'll come again in the last day. So she had faith for yesterday and she had faith for tomorrow, but she didn't have faith for today in her current situation. And so often we, we, we forget God that he delivered us from our past situation and we know and we yes it's it's our things are changing and our best days are in front of us but God where are you right now right here right now is when I need you the most the good thing the greatest thing about God is that he controls the time so his faith is always ever present so it doesn't have a certain time date on it Milk will expire. Bread will expire. Faith will never, active faith will never expire. Active faith will never expire. So she said, yeah, Jesus, I I believe. And then verse 28 or yeah, 28. Then she returned to Mary. She called Mary aside from the mourners. The teacher is here and he wants to see you. So Mary, her sister, went immediately to him. Jesus stayed outside of the village at the place where Martha met him. Notice Jesus didn't go into where they were mourning yet. Sometimes you have to get away from the situation. Sometimes you have to get away from what the pressure that's surrounding you and turn to Jesus. So Jesus stayed outside verse 31. When the people who were told, when the people who were at the house consoling there saw her leave so hastily, they assumed she was going to Lazarus grave to weep. So they followed her there. 
When Mary arrived and saw Jesus, she fell at his feet. Lord, so this is the second sister. Lord, where were you? I needed you the most for my brother. I I didn't need you for me. I, I needed you for my brother. Only if you had been here earlier. And I feel this morning some might be here and you might not have said God, where are you? But you feel like, Jesus, if something doesn't change, I'm not going to make it. If something doesn't change, I'm, I'm going to quit. If something doesn't change, I, I may walk away from my children or from my marriage. Something doesn't change, I may, I may contemplate suicide. If something doesn't change. I feel like someone here in this room has been battling. And right now we take authority in Jesus name. You are going to make it. You are more than a conqueror. Your best days are right in front of you. Skip down. They told him, Lord, come and see. Then Jesus wept. Verse 35. The people who were standing nearby nearby said, see how much he loved him. But some said, everybody say some said, some said this man healed a blind man. Couldn't he have kept Lazarus from dying? So you just see even those that were with them to comfort the sisters were still doubters. Who's in your circle? Beware of those that are in your circle. The some said. Because at a time when they were supposed to be there to encourage them, they just they were seeding seeds of doubt. We're going to speak against doubt today. Verse 38, Jesus was still angry as he arrived at the tomb, a cave with a stone rolled across his entrance. Roll away the stone, roll aside the stone, Jesus told them. But Martha, the dead man's sister, protested, Lord, Lord, he's been dead for how many days? Four days. The smell will be terrible. We're talking about the God of the impossible today. Jesus responded, didn't I tell you that you would see God's glory if you believe? So they rolled the stone aside. Then Jesus looked up to heaven and said, Father, thank you for hearing me. God always hears you when you pray. You always hear me, but I said it out loud for the sake of all those people standing here so that they will believe you sent me. Then Jesus shouted, Lazarus. Everybody say Lazarus. You got to speak to your situation. So he said, Lazarus, come out. And the dead man came out, hands and feet bound in grave clothes, his face wrapped in a headcloth. Jesus told him, unwrap him and let him go. Today, the dead things in your life are going to come back. The resurrection power lives on the inside. But you know the amazing thing, if you really look and just marinate in the word sometimes, you just study it, you'll see that Jesus is a specific God. You say, what do you mean? Just imagine if Jesus was at the grave and he said, come forth. It would have been a Michael Jackson thriller video with all the dead hands and everything coming out of the grave. Because everybody dead would have came back to life. What do I mean when I say that? Be specific when you pray. Jesus didn't just say, come forth. He said, what did he say? Lazarus, come forth. So next time you're praying a prayer to God, be specific. 
speak specific prayers to God. And I I remember once I've, I've never seen Jesus. I've never heard an audible voice. But I remember once I was in college and I was praying. I was like, Lord, I want to I want to see an angel. I want to see an angel. I don't know why I was on this kick, but I was like, Lord, I want to see an angel. Show me an angel. And my roommate and I were, were staying in an apartment on, on campus. And one night in the middle of the night, I just felt like this eerie, eerie feeling. And God is not a God of fear or anything. But this was a, a real revelation for me. I had this eerie feeling and I, and I, there was nobody in our apartment, you know, a football player at the time. I was about 25 pounds bigger. You know, we're like, yeah, buff, nothing scares us. But I, 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 I felt like I saw like this, this creepy shadow in the corner. And I, and I was like, Jesus, Jesus. And my roommate was like, what is wrong with you? And I was like, man, I, I thought I just, I thought I saw something in the corner. And I, and I, and I took a second. I said, Holy Spirit, what, what's going on? And this is when specific prayers came to life for me. I would just encourage pray specific prayers because there are angels in the heavenly places, but there are angels in the dark places. And the spirit, they bring a spirit of heaviness. They bring a spirit of depression and oppression. But today, the spirit of heaviness is being lifted off of you in Jesus name. So as we as we continue to unpack John chapter 11, According to the popular Jewish belief that friends and family and mourners, those that were crying with the family, would stay around the body, the tomb for about three days. Everybody say three days. And why did they do that? Because of Jewish belief, they believed that if they cried and stayed close to the body, that the spirit would come back to the body on the third day and that the body would come back. That's what the Jewish belief was back then. And so I find it interesting that God, Jesus, who breaks all the rules, came on the fourth day. Why? Because he had to shatter their unbelief. Because they would have have put their belief in the man's law. That, hey, if we, three days, we were here three days, so it wasn't really Jesus. It was just our belief. No, he shattered their disbelief because he came a day late, according to the Jewish belief. But God is never too early or too late, but he's always on time. So when you get that red disconnect notice growing up in a single parent home, we had red disconnect notices all the time. Not knowing how I was going to pass college. You know, I was like Pastor Chris. I was believing C's get degrees if I could just make it through college. I'm the first in my family to graduate from college. But what, but why do I say that? Because I had to be specific and I had to know that God, I thank you that you're with me. I thank you that you're with me and the, you make a way where there seems to be no way. The university of Tulsa is almost $45,000 a year. My mom didn't have that. She had 4,050 cents, you know? And so, but what I had to believe that, thank you, Lord, that you're all, you're my provider and God always provided and God will always provide in your situation. So today, four keys to break the impossible. Man, there's so much I want to, let me just say this. Stop describing your problems and start declaring his promises. Stop describing your problems. Oh man, I'm sick. Oh man, I'm weak. Oh man, I don't know what I'm going to do. No, 
What does the word say? You got to start declaring the word. The promises, the promises says I'm whole. His promises said, let the weak say I am strong. Let the poor say I am rich. I'm the head and not the tail. I am above and not beneath. My steps are ordered of the Lord. Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the plans I have for you. Like Steve said, declares Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a what? Future. My future is in his hands. So no matter what the situation looks like, I can trust and rest in you, Jesus. Out of the word stress, S-T-R-E-S-S, you can get the word rest. And I find it interesting because I I think about Jesus at the bottom of the boat with with his disciples. In the Bible, it talks about The disciples were going to the other side, to another town, and they all got into a boat. And all of a sudden, Jesus was like, man, I need to take me a little power nap. How many like power naps? Sunday's a good day for a little power nap. Hallelujah. You got to get full and you go take your little power nap. So Jesus was like, man, we we ministered. We ate some fish by the fire. Now we're going to go to the other side. Jesus said, I'm going to take me a little nap at the bottom of the boat. Even when you're at the bottom, Jesus is always with you. So they're taking a little nap and all of a sudden the winds start coming and the waves start blowing. And, and they're like, um, y'all feel that? You know, the, the winds is hitting kind of hard. Where, where's Jesus? Somebody said, huh, Jesus downstairs sleep. They was like, well, go wake Jesus up. The storm is getting bigger. And all of a sudden they were freaking out. Like many of us, we've all been there where we face situations. And the first thing we do is freak out rather than going to Jesus. So all of a sudden, they're like, Jesus, what are you doing? Wake up. Do you see this storm? We're freaking out. And Jesus wakes up and he's like, what is You've seen all these miracles I've, I've done with you. So he gets up and he just says, peace. Be still. And he goes back downstairs. I just imagine, you know, this is the BIV. Jesus just goes back downstairs in the boat and he goes back to sleep. So if Jesus never stressed, why do we? If Jesus is in us. When we ask Jesus into our heart and we have relationship with him and we talk to him through our prayer, prayer is not a certain way. It's just communicating, talking to God. So if Jesus is with us, why do we get stressed when Jesus never stressed? Don't stress. Know that God is with you no matter where you are. So four keys to beat the impossible. And I want you to know today, nothing is impossible. You say, well, how do you, how do you know that? Why do you say that? Because the word impossible itself is, I'm possible. Impossible. If you write it out, says, I'm possible. Just put a little space right there. That's, I'm possible. Everybody say, I'm possible. So when you're facing what looks like an impossible situation, look yourself in the mirror and say, I'm possible. When the doctor walks in and says, man, this sickness will end in death. We've not seen too many people overcome this. You look and you say, I'm possible. When the bank says, man, you're you're unapproved. We're going to take your home from you. Just say, Lord, I thank you. That means you've got something better for me. I'm possible. 
When it looks like that subject is too hard. Thank you, Lord, that I'm I'm possible because you live on the inside of me. Four keys to beat the impossible. How many have ever faced or heard of PTSD? I'd heard of PTSD. Okay, so I'm going to give you BTSD. I'm going to give. So how do you beat the impossible with BTSD? The first one is belief. Everybody say belief. Faith is not speaking into existence what we want. It's believing and obeying what he wants. So you have to let your faith. The great thing. Faith and fear both demand you to believe in something you cannot see. So you choose. I'm going to say that again. Faith and fear both demand for you to believe in something you cannot see. So you choose. I choose faith. I choose faith. So the first thing is belief. Hebrews eleven six it says, and without what? Faith, yeah, that's my Mila. She was preaching back. And without faith, it is. Come on, y'all see it on the screen. Without faith, it is what? Impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. So it says, and without. So what if you took the out on without and it says, and with faith. It is possible to please God. So you need faith. Faith is the only currency that God can accept. Faith. He, God wants you to give financially, yes. And many times when you're at your lowest, that's when you need to sow the greatest. Because God needs faith. God, I don't know how I'm going to pay my mortgage, but I'm going to give because I trust you. God, I don't know how I'm going to pay my car note, but I know that I can trust you and you've already provided everything that I need is in you. Faith, faith. And I want to tell you a quick story is about what, four weeks ago, actually it was March 31st. My wife and I were in the car wash and uh, we were going through the little automatic one. We do the car wash every week. You know, brother, like a little clean ride. You got to be clean. My mom raised us. You don't have a dirty car. May not have no money in the bank, but you get out there, put some, some dish soap, you wash that car. The car may not have no AC, but you wash that car. You keep it clean. That whole beat up thing. I had me old beat up Buick Pontiac, but I kept it clean, boy. And so we were in the car wash going through. My wife and my two daughters were all in the back seat. And we were getting ready. We were almost, we were probably three-fourths of the way in. And all of a sudden, Boom, we get rear-ended from behind. And I'm like, what in the devil? I thought it was maybe the machine. And all of a sudden, we get rear-ended. And we get out, you know, the insurance and all that is taking care of it. But we went to the doctor. This was on a Saturday, so we went to the doctor a few days later. And everybody was having migraines and all that. And long story short, my, my daughter, Amaya, was, started having night terrors. And the doctor said her body didn't know how to process the shock from the car accident. So in the middle of the night, she would wake up just screaming at the top of her lungs. So we began to pray and, and, and it, it was still challenges. Well, then uh, a few weeks later, she was playing outside, got excited. Boom. She ran into the car door. All of a sudden I'm like, hmm, the enemy's after her head. 
Then all of a sudden one night we came home from a Saturday night service and she was really excited and she had a lot of toys upstairs and she was coming down the steps and boom, she fell down the steps. Three head injuries in a matter of two weeks. Then just last week or a week and a half ago, I was in a meeting and my wife calls me. They were at the park and she said, Baba Maya fell and hit her neck and her head off of the swing. I said, oh, wow, we find it in Jesus name. So I said, hey, just call the doctor. Just notify the doctor just in case. And so not even two minutes later, my wife calls me. She's like, babe, babe, please, where are you? And I said, I'm in a meeting. I'll step out. What was she said? She's not breathing. She's not breathing. Please hurry. So I, I get out of the meeting and I, I'm on the other side of town. I turn my hazard lights on and I, and I begin to just, I'm flying. I'm running every red light to get to her. And a few weeks before that, I had, we had just moved. So I was unpacking and I was getting all the papers together, our homeowner's insurance and everything. And, and I saw our life insurance and I was just putting it all together in certain files. And the first thought, the end of fear, talking about the God of the impossible. The first thing the enemy said is good thing you got life insurance on her. She's going to die. And all of a sudden in that moment, I saw as I was driving a crossroad. And when you get to the crossroad, you can either go left or you can go right. And I saw faith and fear. And so in that moment, I said, I thank you, Lord. I believe that you can and you will heal. And I'm crying because I was freaking out because my precious little princess. But I said, thank you, Lord. I believe you're a healer. I believe what you've done in the past. You'll do it again. So all of a sudden I'm speaking life in my heart, in my mind and with my words. What are you believing? Believe faith is just believing. You may not know how, but you know that it will happen. So today you might be facing storms last week, next week in next year. When you're facing storms, you may not know how it will happen, but faith says it will happen happen. Lazarus come forth. He's been dead four days. It will happen. That sickness runs in my family, but I'm the healed of the Lord. It will happen. BTSD. The first step is belief Four keys to beating the impossible. The next one is T thinking. You must turn off stinking thinking. Romans 12 to do not copy the behavior and the customs of the world, but let God transform you into, into a new person by changing the way you think. The Bible also says, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Four keys to beating the impossible or four keys to know that you are possible. First is your belief. Check your belief system this morning. Two is in your thinking. What are you thinking? Michael Jordan, game six, Utah Jazz, I believe it was 95. He had the flu. He was sick. And reporters the night before were like, man, MJ, what are you going to do? And he really, it was just so weak and frail that he really couldn't finish the interview. Utah Jazz got wind of it and they were excited. They were like, oh man, we need MJ and them to suck this game to be bad because we need to win this. And so, MJ was sick and frail, and every time out, he would collapse on the bench. But he would tell Phil Jackson, don't take me out. Don't take me out. MJ, you've got a fever. We need you for the next game. Don't take me out. We may not have a next game. 
And all of a sudden, he hit the game-winning shot. And what's important is after the game, they said, MJ, how in the world did you play the whole game? How in the world did you hit the game-winning shot? MJ said, even when I was sick, I changed my thinking. Change your thinking. Turn off the stinking thinking. Even in your physical body, you may be sick. The bank account might be in the negative. And they, they got that $25 fee, NSF. Ooh, I used to see that on my college statement, NSF. But even when the NSF, God, I thank you that you've always provided. Thank you, Lord, that I can trust you. Turn off stinking thinking. Somebody can relate. I understand that NSF. But praise God. It's, the abundance is coming your way. Four keys to beat the impossible or to know that you are possible. The third one is speak life. Everybody say speak life. You don't have PTSD anymore. You got BTSD. Speak life. The mouth speaks what the heart is full of. You've heard people say you're full of patience. You're full of peace. I'm full of joy. What are you full of? Because that's what your mouth will speak. Proverbs 18, 21, death and life are in the power of the tongue and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. So just imagine. The plate that's before you is the words that you spoke. If you had to visually eat the words that you speak. What kind of life would you live? And you don't have to imagine it because that's the kind of life you're living now. Because you, your words spoke it. Man, I'm not going to make it. Man, I am weak. Man, I'm, my family had generational poverty. I'm in debt. Man, I, I'm not going to make it. I don't know what's going on. Yeah, that is the life that you're living. But you say, you know what? I am strong. I am an overcomer. God lives in me. I am going to make it. I know where I'm headed in life. My children are called and taught of the Lord. I'm not lonely. I'm not depressed. God lives in me. Talking about the God of the impossible. He can change it, but you've got to speak life. Everybody say speak life. And the last one, Ben, you can come on up. The last one, BTSD. You need to be a doer. You need to take action. You cannot play it safe and please God. Because God requires great faith. And where there's great faith, you can see great miracles. The Bible, Jesus even told us that in the Bible. He said, and greater works shall you do. You're called to do greater works, but that takes great faith. And in order for your faith to really happen, great faith always happens in great fear. You got to just picture that when Jesus was going to the cross, right before Jesus was crucified. And you guys talked about it a few weeks ago at Easter. He was crying out in the garden. God, please. Please, Jesus. People are going to lie. People aren't going to believe, but I still have to go to the cross. People, people are going to steal. People are going to cheat, but please, if you can take this cup from me, please take this cup from me. Jesus was silent. God was silent in that moment. 
The teacher is always silent during the test. So you might be here this moment and you're like Mary and Martha and you're saying, God, where are you? I need you over my child. Where are you? I need you over this storm. Where are you? I need you over this situation. Where are you? He wants you to build your faith. He wants you to build your faith because he's always there. Even when he's quiet, he's following you. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. That's in David. So even though God was quiet at Jesus' lowest moment, he said, but for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. You know who the joy was? The joy was you and me. That was the joy. So even in our sin, even in our sickness, even in our curse, Jesus still died. He was not just a hearer of the word, he was a doer. So in order to be the impossible, you need to be a doer of the word. It will happen. That's what I just keep sensing in my spirit. It will happen. It will happen. God has given you great joy. God has given you great peace every head bowed and every eyes closed. If you're here today and, and you say, you know what, I am facing what looks like to be an impossible in the natural and impossible situation. A sickness, a disease. Even what doctors have put on you. They've given you a term or a label, but God's greater the labels greater than bipolar he's greater than depression he's greater than adhd he's greater god's the greatest physician of all and what looks like the impossible is i'm possible so as pastor chris comes i'm gonna pray a prayer over you father in heaven we come before you right now in the matchless, undefeated name of Jesus. 